What's up, everybody? This is the Imperfect Church Podcast, and I'm really, really excited about this episode. I get to talk to a personal friend of mine and a brother, Fred Reed. Fred, welcome to the podcast, my friend. B. Lou, it's always an honor, bro, just to talk to you in general, but to talk to you and the Imperfect Church Podcast, the members, the listeners, the the viewers, whatever they're called around here. What's up, y'all? It's good to be here, man. Absolutely, man. So how you been doing, brother? This, this Corona has been crazy on everybody. How have you been managing, uh, maintaining, and, and, and living life with all this craziness? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right, bro. Like, it's crazy how aggressive this got. Uh, it's like we all kind of knew it was coming. I remember when I told my boss, I specifically remember I heard on the radio that morning, like, hey, it's going to come to America at some point for sure. And I told her and she just kind of was like, nah, not really. That's not going to happen to us. And literally, like, three weeks later, everybody's in their house, like, all the time. Um, But for me personally, it's been cool, man. Like, the best part um, is that I get to spend more time with my wife. Um, And without there being so many distractions, we get a chance just to pretty much live like we're dating again. Like, we're just in the house all day watching movies, laughing, joking, playing games, trying to cook together. She does most of the cooking, so I try to help and just kind of stay out of the way. But it's just been a lot of laughter, man. I feel like we're falling deeper in love even now so that's been the best part for me just spending so much more time with her without her being distracted without me being distracted it's been good man that's good man and that you made such a valid point there i feel like the same thing with my wife is we've really been taking time to kind of fall back in love and to really enjoy each other's company and it's kind of funny because uh, you i mean imagine I, i think i said this on a previous podcast like i don't know how i would handle this when we first got married when the communication wasn't as strong, <laughs> you know, because you, I mean, it's not like you can like, all right, I'm going to just go to the mall and walk around because there is no mall to walk around in now. But just having that companionship and that love and to develop that love is is pivotal in this time, especially with so much uncertainty and everything going on. That's true. You got a point. Like you do got to have a little bit of time in the game. So we've been married like about two and a half years now. Still, obviously not the longest, but we know each other a little bit better, like as far as our rhythms and patterns go um, than we did when we first got married. So yeah, to have that drop into you initially would be like one person would probably be all in somebody else's face when they're trying to chill or when you just kind of want some time to yourself. Um, It works out well for us too because our work schedules are different. So like she'll work a week and then she's off, I work a week and I'm off, but our weeks are opposite. So for me, I love that girl to life, not to death, to life, but I definitely enjoy having my own time too. So that week when she's at work and I get to be at home by myself just doing my own thing for like eight hours, it definitely makes me miss her more. So there's a lot of good things working in our favor. Amen. <laughs> I know that's right, man. God, God's definitely I feel like if you have a strong relationship with God at this time, you are really being blessed and yeah. you are really getting to enjoy the 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 peace that God provides and uh, I know for me, just trying to stay grounded in the word. I mean, I, I definitely take time to do devotion every day, but making sure that it there's no option now for sure. You know, yeah, sure. it's not like oh, I'm going to just do it when I get home from work. No, I'm getting in this word and I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. going to get something from it. So um, how, how have you been going growing spiritually in this time, man? Um, I think, like you said, I'm on the same line. Just trying to make sure that I'm in the word. Um I think that's something that we've kind of already talked about before kind of offline that like during this time I want to invest in myself I want to make sure that any gifts and talents that God has given me that I'm um, like using those and giving them a chance to kind of be partaking of for other people because like any gift that God gives us is not just for us to give to the body right. so I'm not serving everybody else well if I keep my gifts to myself 
so during this time i'm trying to make sure i invest in myself via working on some blog posts trying to come up with some podcast ideas you know so one day maybe i could launch out like the great brian lewis and <laughs> get, my podcast, <laughs> get my podcast out there have some some visitors and some guests but uh for the main part i've just been really revisiting the gifts that i believe that god has given me and the things that i'm already doing and just kind of taking them back to god in time to be like hey how should i be using this how am i misusing this where is my fear keeping me from using things where is my laziness keeping me from using these gifts um and just kind of revisiting that right now yeah that's what's up man i've always considered you a very spiritually strong person you know i don't know i remember us meeting at the credit union i don't remember exactly how but you've always been someone who has had a very solid foundation in your faith and you know i've always appreciated that man because you know a lot of times you can have friends but if there's a difference between having a, a a christian friendship and a brotherhood as opposed to just somebody you really get along with right and uh it's, it's a different level that you can speak on. It's a different, uh, you know, amount of trust you even put in that person. And I think most important is that you have someone that can spiritually check you, you know, and, and, and the check is from a, or an organic and authentic place as opposed to, oh, man, you just need to chill because you need to chill. No, like give me something, a, a firm foundation I can really hold on to. And uh, that's been one of the things I've always appreciated about you is just your your faith in God and, um, you know, and, and hearing your story, too, man, and, and how you've developed that over time. And, you know, from being single to married to, yeah, you know, giving sermons, which is huge. Like, I'm so proud of you, man, and, and, and getting to it. hear you preach God's word. Like, how is that? Because I've always wanted to be a pastor. And the more I understand, the more I'm like, nah, I think I'm just good encouraging people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel you, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, it's definitely an interesting process. Um, just to realize that preaching is something that God had called me to do, um, that definitely took some time. It definitely wasn't as cookie cutter as it is for some people. Um, and it wasn't like some, like the skies cracked and like lightning came down and it wrote on the ground, like you're a preacher. It kind of just like I was at a service and they asked, does anybody feel like the Lord is calling them to preach into the ministry? And I just I kind of heard the Lord in my heart saying, like, hey, that's you. So I just stepped forward on a hey, that's you. Um, from there, I definitely took some time to really study the word and things that I thought I knew about the Bible. I found out that I didn't because I just think the Lord holds you to like a certain responsibility when you're going to go before people and try to influence them. Of course, the intention is to influence them for God. But as we know now, there's a lot of people using the Bible. Um, holding the Bible, but they're not really interpreting the Bible or they're using the Bible instead of teaching the Bible. Um, so I was really trying to make sure that what I, anything that I teach or that I preach is like biblically accurate. And when it's in your heart, like the Lord will lead you um, to people, first of all. Like there's several people in my life now that keep me accountable to not twisting scripture. Um, my wife does, um, our pastor, because Ryan goes to uh, Pastor Ryan, he's Pastor Ryan Brooks. Shout out to him one time. Uh, but Brian goes to our church now, so glad you go to our church, brother. Amen, um, bro. I'm thankful to be there, too. <laughs> but yeah, Pastor Brooks, when he discipled me, when I was in his discipleship group, we had a lot of discussions about scriptures that I thought I knew what they meant, but I didn't. And so that was kind of eye-opening. Of course, at first, it's a little discouraging, like, oh, I thought I knew this stuff, but I guess I don't. Um, but like you asked me earlier about growth, like, that's what I learned about growth the most is, like, it's not about your comfort. You can't be comfortable and grow at the same time. And I wow. think a lot of people forget that. Um when you're growing, it's really uncomfortable. It's really challenging. A lot of things you stood on are being taken away so you can build a better foundation. 
Um, but where I'm at now, preaching and everything, like I still get nervous. It's still scary. But to hear how the word kind of um, influences people and meets them where they're at, it's definitely the greatest satisfaction possible. Yeah, absolutely. And you you said something powerful there is is not manipulating scripture. Yeah. And, you know, part of the biggest reason why I left my previous church was because it was a uh, a very much manipulated motivational center thing. It's not gospel center. And right. to me, that just is just very, very dangerous, man. Because if you think about it, like the Bible is the most misinterpreted book there is, you know, it's, it's the most stolen book there is. And, and you have so many people that they'll use that Bible because it is a holy book. It is, you know, God's love letter to us. And they'll just be like, well, this says this. So you need to do this. And it just it goes completely against uh, what God has called us to do. And even it, it's an instruction manual, but you have to apply it in the right context. And. You know, I even think about times in my life where, you know, really under, beginning to understand the Bible and how to read the Bible. Like a lot of people don't realize you have to be taught how to read the Bible. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, you just can't pick it up. You can get the message version or whatever watered down version. But to really <laughs> you have to be taught how to read the Bible. And um, I feel like a lot of churches do a, a really, really poor job at that. I would agree, but I think for me, I've kind of realized that for a lot of people, like their heart is right, like they mean well, they want to help people out, and they're kind of teaching people what they've been taught because nobody really took the time. So if nobody has shown you how to, you know, properly make a burger, you're going to just kind of make it to yourself that, like, I mean, it tastes good to me, so I don't right. see why nobody people like it. Right. And so I think for me, I kind of grew up that way. And like you said, in like the church I came to before, that I was going to before I came to Vertical was, um, definitely a church that kind of just let scripture mean whatever you want it to mean so like you just read it and then whatever you think it's saying that's what it's saying so to come to our church now where we're specifically taught like every scripture has one interpretation several applications but only one interpretation like it makes sense like if i text you right now brian i'm the one that wrote the text so i know what i meant when i text you that's now, true if you that text means something totally different i'm like bro what are you what are you doing i never said i was gonna come there at five I told, I just asked, did you want to get dinner tonight? Like, you made up the time. You made up what I should be doing. And so I think that's what hit me the hardest. My theology was built around, if I know a scripture, if I find a promise, then I can, like, trap God into, like, you have to do this for me because I read the scripture and it says blah, 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 blah. And then realizing, like, yo, that's not at all what God meant when that scripture was written. It can definitely shock your world for sure. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's I mean, I think you made a, a extremely valid point there. What would you say to people who... Uh, cause I feel like a lot of people want to read the Bible more. I don't like, you don't ever hear, you, you hear people, I think people kind of withstand from the Bible because they don't know how to read it. What would you say to somebody who's struggling to pick up their Bible on a daily basis? Or where would you tell them to start as far as getting a grasp of God's word? It's definitely a good question. Um, the book I would go to first would probably be Mark. Uh, definitely not Genesis. Let me say that one more time. Not <laughs> Genesis. Everybody starts that New Year's resolution of, I'm going to read the Bible this year. They start in Genesis, and if you make it past, like, chapter 12, I'd be shocked. Um, but I would definitely tell somebody to start with the book of Mark. Um, it's uh, one of the more brief Gospels that definitely covers everything that happens, but it definitely paints Jesus as, like, uh, a Savior with a purpose. So immediately he's doing this, immediately he's doing that. Um, but it helps you to see what Christ did and what he taught. Because a lot of people, I think, now that don't, like, uh, Christianity, they kind of don't like the church. They don't like the people of the church. Hardly anybody has a problem with Christ. You know, Christ right. taught a lot of looking out for the poor, 
treating people well, having love in your hearts. Like socially, everybody can agree with that. But because of what you've seen somebody do or say in a church, that tends to make you think, oh, that's what God is about. So I would encourage anybody that's trying to get into the Bible more, read the book of Mark. That's a gospel that covers Jesus' life, covers his purpose, covers the resurrection, gives you the foundation of what the faith is about. And when you see things in church that don't line up with what the Bible is, you know that the Bible is right. Um, but as far as understanding the Bible, I would encourage anybody to go like revamp their approach to realize the bible is not about us <laughs> right. it's not about us it's about god it helps us to realize who god is what his character is what his intention is so if you read scripture looking for what does this tell me about god and then what does this tell me about man is in like our habits and our patterns and how our hearts are i think then like scripture really opens up for you but if you go to the bible looking for like well i need to find a scripture that's gonna get me a job i need to find me a scripture that's gonna tell my my wife she's wrong I need to find this scripture and get me some money. Now you're opening yourself up to twisting things. If you come to the Bible to find out what does it say about God and his character, it's usually easier to understand at that point. Yeah, I mean, you said so many powerful gems right there. And I think <laughs> where a lot of people make a mistake, and I know I'm guilty of this, even as a, as a Christian, I, I've been saved since I was 10 years old, yeah. um, is that you make your faith a transactional thing. Come on now. Is, yeah. is I'm doing this because God, I want you to do that. And a lot of us, and I was guilty of it too. Like God is a genie. Like I remember using uh, spiritual tools in the wrong practice. Like, all right, I'm gonna I'm write this. I'm gonna write this list out and put my hand over and pray over it. Hey God, yeah. he, God, here goes the instructions for what I need you to do. And God's like, no, I don't work like that. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I think my biggest challenge is like I try to tell myself, of course, because again, you are the first partake of whatever you learn. But I try to challenge people like in this relationship that you have with God as a Christian, because let him tell it. Everybody's a Christian. But are you a follower of Christ? Like, is God following you or are you following God? Mm. When you get to the point, you feel like you can tell God, hey, you need to do this. and You need to make this happen. Now he's like your assistant for what you're trying to do. When in actuality, we come to Christ to follow him. Um, but like you said earlier, I think that goes with growth, because I just learned that uh, definitely the hard way when there were certain things that. Um, well, I'll get specific. So I had a, it's a situation where I had a really nice car at one point. Like, it was really nice. And I was very proud of that car. I remember and, that car. <laughs> you know, I'm so it broke down, bro, like out of nowhere. And so I was trying to teach my wife, already going down the wrong path. <laughs> I'm trying to teach my wife about faith. And I'm like, babe, I'm going to speak over this car. It's going to be fixed for $300 or less. And she was like, I don't know about that. You Ooh. know, just see what it is, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nah, girl, you're going to see. Like, God, listen to what I say. Like, I've been walking with him. And I got faith. All I need is faith. So my man came back after looking at the car and I was like, so what's the deal? And he sat down beside me and I knew right then. I was he like, he sat down beside you? <laughs> Nobody has ever sat down beside me to talk to me about my car. So I was like, oh man. So long story short, to get the car fixed was going to be $9,800. That's a brand new car. Like, what? So I'm like, nah, I got to have faith and God has the final say and name and claim it and all that. And to this day, bro, it would have been $9,000 to get that car fixed. Jeez. So I had to let that car go and buy another car. And at that point, I was disappointed with God. I was like, man, like, I had faith. I told you what I wanted to happen, and you didn't do it. So I mean, like, what's up? And so I think a lot of people tend to walk away from God when that happens. But for me, I just realized, like, hey, maybe I have God wrong. Like, maybe I have, I'm going about this the wrong way. Like, what scripture am I basing this on? And then try to put that scripture in context. So that's when I learned, like, I don't order God around. If anything, he says stuff and I obey. I don't say stuff and he obey. That's not how it works. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest uh, misconceptions we have and one of the things I'm really, really honing in on recently is that 
God says that he provides all my needs, not yeah, all man. of my wants. Yeah. And good. so often we associate our wants with status, with the people around us. And God is like, no, 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 I take care of your needs. And I, I you know, what you want is not always what's best for you. And I know I can think about some of the things that I have prayed over and wanted so bad. And they literally were just feeding my ego. It, it never fed my faith. Right, for sure. Bro. You know that's, what I'm saying? That's heavy right now. That's heavy right like, now. Like, all of a sudden, you know, even I'm, I'm thinking like I bought a motorcycle. And I'm like, oh, man, I got this motorcycle. And every time I get on, I drop my head and pray. I was like, no, nah, I didn't do this for God. I did this for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, can, can God get glory out of anything? Absolutely. But I for feel sure. like so often we make our wants about trying to fulfill what god is supposed to fulfill in our lives exactly and and it's funny because i love what you said about the cars like you were trying to teach your wife in that moment <laughs> and we take something completely out of context and um you know i've been guilty of that too and and you know i love my wife to death i'm so thankful like i don't deserve a woman as great as my wife and I, i'm not just saying that but tell me about it yeah man. man it was so funny that i got to a hard point and I literally was like, I'm not your pastor and I'm not supposed to teach you anything. <laughs> and it gave me a sense of relief. It gave me a sense of of almost like a renewing because so often as men, we just put re really bad expectations on ourselves. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not rooted in the gospel. It's not rooted in anything. And I love the fact, I don't know if this has happened to you. But for me, man, every time I have been upset with whether it whether it's my wife or work or something, and I go try to find a scripture to manipulate the situation for my favor, it always God always teaches me something about my heart in that moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's been one of the, the the things I've been trying to walk through and grow in spiritually now is like what does what is God calling me to do? And am I being faithful and true? And am I following God? Am I following God and the steps that I'm taking in life? You know? Exactly. Like you said, man, that's like really a mouthful. And it, it definitely applies to everything. Like to use scripture, not to glorify God. You're already setting yourself up. And I think like to say that, it makes sense. But when, like you said, when you're upset with your wife or when you're trying to get another job, or whatever, you have this purpose before you come to the Bible. I think it's, it's harder to recognize it at that point so like i realize now like you said a long time ago in my marriage my job is not like to every day try to teach my wife something or quote unquote make her better like that is not my goal um that's not my job that's not what i'm tasked with. that's not what i'm responsible for now there are scriptures that say like to you know that women should be taught in private and everything like that but if you look at it contextually and socially what was going on at that time like they just weren't being taught in church so there was like hey if you have a husband then when you go home, y'all can discuss scripture. So when we first got married, my wife was probably more scripturally sound and contextually sound than I was. Wow. So what I look like trying to teach her something, when she's actually in the word and like contextually accurate, but instead of trying to use a scripture to try to quote unquote teach her something, I'm trying to use a, a car being fixed at a mechanic and I'm telling God how much it costs. <laughs> so look at it, like the whole thing was crazy, bro. So I at this point I didn't realize like my responsibility is to lead her. I'm just supposed to lead. Yeah. Leading sometimes is teaching her something. Leading sometimes is saying I'm sorry. Leading is caring for her heart, making sure that she's in a good place with God. That's the main thing I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But if you see those, yeah, she's my I, my project. I gotta upgrade. I gotta show her off or anything like that. Anything again that's aside from the biblical purpose of what marriage is. You're setting yourself up to to fall apart 
And when you do, you're going to blame yourself. Like, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad husband. Yeah. There's a lot of lessons to be learned for sure. Yeah. And I think the dangerous thing a lot of times, especially as a husband and when you're leading, is like realize that you're not a creator or a savior. You know what I mean? Like you, sure. like I didn't create my wife. God created her, yeah. so He's gonna be the one that's got to take care of her and work on her heart. Because oftentimes, you know, marriage is a beautiful thing, but it's a lot of give and take, and it's a lot of personal development. And and you know, I love Scripture because one of the things that it says constantly is to love, yeah. to love. And you gotta love when you don't like. You gotta love when you feel like you got the short end of the stick. You have to love sure. when you. Uh, don't understand and that's where i know for me a lot of my frustrations as a man come from not understanding someone's point of view you know and, and so having to walk through that stuff and, and having yeah. to realize like I, I i didn't create this woman therefore i don't need to try to upgrade her or or, or fix her but my yeah. love is what's going to get us through my love for her is yeah. what's going to give god glory and and she's going to give that same love back if not more for sure. I think you said it on the previous um, uh, podcast with Colston that you had got to a point where, like, you had so many expectations on you that you didn't want anymore. Um, and I can definitely relate to that. Like, I tend to expect so much out of myself, like, to always nail it and get it right every single time. And I'm trying to do better about that literally to this day. I try to celebrate when I make good decisions because I definitely kick myself a lot when I make bad decisions. And so one thing that really helped me turn the corner as a husband was just to realize that me leading um, our marriage is not a, a qualification, it's a calling. So like wow. I never qualified to lead us. There's nothing about me that's like, oh yeah, he should be a leader. Like I'm just called to be a leader. This is something that God has tasked me with and God is gonna help me with. Cause again, you know, you're not qualified for what you're called to. He, um, I mean, you're not, yeah, he qualifies those he calls. So he right. already called me to be a husband. And now he's going to, you know, help me with this. But if you come into the thing kind of beating on your chest, like, yeah, I'm a husband and do what I say. And man, like you're turning down your wife's good ideas. You're probably going to be abusive to her, whether emotionally, verbally, hopefully not physically, but sometimes verbal abuse is just as bad as physical. So for me, what turned the corner was like, hey, I'm not going to get this right every day. I'm still, you know, growing and learning and developing as a husband. I still am called to lead this. So like, I can't shirk my responsibility and have her leading us. I still am going to lead, but I have to lead as God is leading me. So Absolutely. God like instruct me and show me how to properly treat her. And so for me then, I was I gave myself some grace. Like, hey, I'm trying to do the best I can at this. I've never been married before. We're, we're, we're going to walk this out. Yeah. And that's 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 true. Um, and expectations, man, they're subjective. They're very much so subjective. And that was one of, like I said, walking through that difficult season. I, and I'm not but a half a step from away from that season so the wounds are, are, are still very fresh and i'm still like but i made it my i made an effort to go see what god called me to do and it kind of it, it gave me a place to uh really be able to lay a lot of those things down at jesus's feet because i i realized i'm not trying to, i don't i'm not here to fix anything you know like i'm legit not here to fix anything but i know that if anybody can give me proper instructions it's it's god because that's he's my authority and uh you know i feel like so often there's there's i don't think there's nothing more challenging than running 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction <laughs> <laughs> it's defeating that's for sure you can definitely be disappointed right i mean it's just like if somebody gave you your favorite car and they never gave you the keys, it's pointless. 
Yeah, man. You know, you can go out there and look at it, but at the end of the day, you aren't going anywhere. <laughs> oh. I think for me, the biggest thing I just realized is like, if I try to do this whole he man woman haters approach to my marriage, like <laughs> all the giftings and all the ideas and wisdom that God has given my wife, I'm shirking it. And then I'm going to God like, hey, man, I need help. And he's like, bro, like, it's beside you right now. Like, she's sleeping right beside you and you're praying to me, asking for help. I've sent her already. Right. But like you said, man, it all has to spill out of love. Even the preaching and teaching and whatever your gifting is, the Bible still says that love is the greatest of all those things. So as long as you're yeah, loving, your, loving God first and then loving your wife or loving those around you, everything that you do should be motivated out of love. And I think I can definitely say that for our friendship. Uh, you already gave me the big ups earlier, so guys, shout you out, man. Like you're definitely from day one of our friendship. The thing I've admired the most about you is just how authentic you are. Um, you definitely are bold about your walk with Christ, but you're authentic. Like if there's something that you're not doing well, or something you're struggling with, like you make that known. Like, hey, I'm trying to do better about this, but I still love God with all my heart. Um, second, I admired your boldness. Um, we worked at the same place together, so me and you had conversations about God. You know, an hour, hour and a half sometimes. Then you would talk to somebody else about God for a while. And then you start writing emails of like devotionals that you did. I still have all of those emails saved in like the B Lou folder in my email. Wow. But there were like 60 people, bro, that you were like constantly sending things to. And I was like, man, I wish I was bold enough to write up these things and then send them to coworkers. Like, I just didn't have the boldness at that time. But like, you did that consistently. And I was like, bro, some people were telling me they weren't reading them. And I told you, like, hey, man, like, they're not reading your stuff, bro. So. You working hard they're not even paying attention and he was like man it ain't even about that it's not about whether they read it or not like they might come back to it later but this is just something i feel that god has given me that i'm gonna give to others and i was like dog dog like not only is this man disciplined enough to read his bible but then he's actually sharing it with people believers and non-believers alike so i was like man i just always appreciated your authenticity and just the boldness that you have so i appreciate that man our friendship bro that's really meant a lot to me over the years man that, thank you uh I, that's all i know how to be you know what I mean? I, I've I've gone through a lot in my life, um, and I just authenticity works for me. Yeah. You know, I've never tried to be some holier than thou person. Uh, even in my successes and my failure, I've I've been myself, and so yeah. I understood when I really really surrendered my life over to Christ is that this is real. And if it's real to you and you understand the importance of getting the gospel to people, you really don't care what people think. I'll be the crazy Bible dude. I'll be the dude who praying for people and sends you the email that you don't have to read. But the one thing you can't say is that I'm not going to give you that. I didn't give you an opportunity to get to know Christ better. Yeah. You know, I can't make a decision of salvation for anybody, but you won't be around me for a certain amount of time and not hear about God. And that's yeah. because he's the the biggest part of my life um he saved my life and, and and man i remember just like even 2010 where i had it backwards you know uh mm -hmm. it, it's funny like i i'm not some person who i grew up in church but i lived my life you know i had i had my fun i had a yeah. child out of wedlock and i remember going through one of the darkest periods of my life and you know, the mother of my child left. She took my daughter and I was like, God, bring my daughter back, bring my daughter back. And this is me like coming back to church, doing my little twenty dollar tide and thinking, all right, Jesus, I gave you a 20. Now you got to open the sky up. God. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? And I never forget in that moment where I would like just started getting back to reading my Bible and, and 
I remember just praying for my daughter and God was like, no. And I was like, well, how are you going to say you a good God and you all <laughs> unconditional love? And you're going to tell me no. And he was like, because you love that little girl more than you love me. Yeah. Wow. And when God checks you, you can't even be mad because it's the truth. Yeah. Like God can't, it's impossible for God to lie and it's impossible for you to lie to God. So, you know, when, when you walk through those things and understanding that everybody has a purpose in the kingdom of God and God's blessings don't run out, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible for me not to share that with people. It's impossible. Yeah, man, I think what you said at the end though definitely is a heavy, heavy point that I think everybody should really pay pay attention to is like a sense of honesty is important for any relationship. Like you can say whatever you want to the God. You can even try to convince yourself that you're following God or try to convince yourself that God isn't real or whatever. But only the truth, only when you're actually dealing with the truth do things actually get better. And I think that's probably why I appreciate that most about you because that's what I try to be. I try to always be an authentic person and always just be honest with God. Like some of the prayers that I pray to God are not some flowerly over the top, you know, type prayers. Sometimes it's like, hey man, I'm really not feeling this. You know, I thought you were gonna do this for me, but you didn't. I know you love me, but I don't feel it. I'm probably not showing love to you either right now. You know, I'm sorry about that. But I think only like, sometimes when we go through like the deepest and darkest moments in our lives, like those are the things that pull us closer to God. Yeah. Usually because we're forced to be honest at that point. Like all the facade we were hiding behind, all the little achievements, education, whatever, and all that's out the way. Now it's just you and God. I'm like, what do you really have to say? What are you really going to ask Him? And at that point, now that you're being real, and I was like, all right, bet you know we can we can deal with that. I can I can work with that. Yeah. And even with yourself, if you want to grow, you got to be honest and like reflect with yourself. Like, what do I like about me? What don't I like about me? And what am I doing to change that? Self reflection is important, man. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And honestly, man, when I look back over my my life. I've never had anything taken away from me from telling the truth. Oh, that's good. I've had stuff taken away from me for lying. Yeah. But anytime, and I mean, and you know how it is, bro. When you're telling a real truth and you get sick to your stomach and you want to throw up, but you still <laughs> tell the truth because that's all you got is, is your truth. Yeah. I've never lost anything from telling the truth. Even when I've been asking, like I've been in need and ha had to ask people for stuff. If I told the truth, I was always blessed because of it. And I experienced more hardships, just not being real about stuff, trying to, yeah. trying to people, please trying to be the cool guy or whatever it is. Anytime yeah. I've ever tried to put on something that I'm not, it's always cost me something. Yeah, that's good, man. Always cost me something. So I mean, also too is I feel like the older you get, the less you care what people think about you. Hopefully, <laughs> at least at least for me, because uh, for me recently, I've been like, no one on earth has a heaven or hell to put me in. So while I may upset people, which is never intentionally to upset people, I know that they don't control my destiny. Yeah, man. You know, and and also too is, I don't feel like there's anything that people can't overcome with love. True. And I mean, like, not even to go back to this whole pandemic thing, but as crazy as it is, we're either right now in a situation where you're gaining love or you feel like you're losing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just like I said, I, all I can be is myself. Some days I'll be good. Some days I'll be great. Some days I'll be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
That's what's up, my man. Sometimes I be great. I feel you, big dog. Sometimes I'm great. Sometimes I'm terrible, man. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man. Oh, I got a question for you, man. So, I meant to ask you earlier when we were talking about growth. So, like, usually, how can you tell when you're not growing? Like, when your growth has stopped? How does that usually, like, stand out to you? Uh, I always know when I'm not growing when I find more ways to distract myself. Mm. So, for me, I'm I'm a robot. Like I get up at the same time every day. I, I like quiet. Um, I pretty much am like my routine is very much almost set in stone to a degree. So I realize I'm not growing when I find ways to distract myself. You know, I love watching YouTube, but when I'm sitting there and, it, and an hour and a half or two hours goes by, I'm, I'm not growing at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing uh, the rabbit hole to be my God instead of Christ being my God. And, oh, wow. And so that's when I always try to make sure, like, what is my foundation? Like, what am I working on right now? And the biggest thing for me is, like, how am I loving my proximity ministry, those closest to me? You know, mm -hmm. but I can always tell when I'm not growing because I simply I distract myself. Gotcha, that makes sense. I remember you were the one that told me that, bro. Like, to this day, I still like refer to that. Like, am I being busy or am I being distracted? Like, a lot of people think they're busy. But they're just distracted and you're doing a lot of things but none of them well so i tend to be somebody that like takes on more stuff and takes on more stuff and takes on more stuff and at some point i'm like man i'm not doing any of this stuff well so i'm like am i actually busy or am i just distracted that was definitely a blue gem that it's gonna stick with me from now on at some point i'm gonna claim it as my own just do, so you know do it man do right it bro now i give you your credit <laughs> no nah, do it and i tell people all the time because we live in a society now where it just lies to people and people just eat it up like i like i think about it now like i'm a manager and i like i have 25 plus people that report to me yeah it doesn't mean no good to sit there and be like i'm busy like i'm called a servant and lead you all but i don't have time to do that like that's stupid and, and people think sometimes the higher up you go they think the more freedom you have it's actually not true like the majority of my schedule is made by somebody else I get told where to go and what to do more now in my life than I ever have. Oh, man. And so for me, busy had to become a cuss word to me. I don't say I'm busy unless I'm literally directly helping someone else. And other than that, I refuse to use that word. And because I don't also too is busy doesn't doesn't mean value. Right. That's the one. You know what some I'm saying? Like, some people like their goal is to be busy. I'm like, why would that be your goal? Why do you want to be busy? But here's but here's the thing, and I I, I when people say that all the time, yo man, I just be busy, I, and then I go, <laughs> and then I go, so so what do you have to show for it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Who are you impacting? Who are you influencing? Matter of fact, what are you learning? If you're so busy, you should be able to tell me something that I don't know. That's a good one if you're really that busy and i get it man we all are we all are um challenged by our schedule we all are challenged to be present we're all challenged to be in support of the people that we love and we care about and also to pour into ourselves but to make up this um this false sense of importance because that's what busy is it's a false sense of importance you know what i'm saying like you think about it if you're so busy like, I remember when I first got my job now, I would come home from work with a headache and I would sit down at my laptop 
for two hours and pretty much neglect my wife because I was so focused on trying to learn the new business that I was in. Yeah. And it took away more from the value of my life than anything else like bro i remember telling my wife i can take these two hours away from you now or i can take them away from you saturday you choose that is the most dishonoring thing you could ever say to your wife yeah man that's tough <laughs> you know what i'm saying and, and, but but why would i ever sit there and brag about somebody like oh man i'm busy yeah i come home for two hours and, and neglect my wife or i, I neglect yeah. my kid like that's not cool not at all and then the bad part about busy is you get so busy that when you finally realize that you were just being a professional distractor of yourself, when you need help, you've already pretty much shunned and pushed everybody away who can possibly speak into your life and help you. And now you don't have help. That's a good point. Like you think about it, you're only going to reach out to somebody so many times and they're like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. You're like, all right, cool. And even when you see their name flash up across your phone, you go, oh, no, you busy. You was too busy for me. Right. Are you going to somebody trying to avoid you or something, brother? Yeah. Yeah. I think, like you said, like, it was just, I think that's what really shifted my perspective. When you said, like, there's definitely a difference between busy and distracted. So I usually try to come to that as a baseline. When I feel like I just got so much going on, I'm getting burnt out. Or like you said, I'm neglecting my wife or things that are important are kind of falling through the cracks or I'm forgetting little things. Then I kind of ask myself, like, am I busy? Or am I distracted? And then realizing that the goal for a lot of people is to be busy. Like you said, because if you're busy, it's assumed that you're working hard, you're important, you're working towards something, or you're trying not to be lazy. Because we assume the opposite of busy is like lazy and available. The more time you got, the more you're not doing anything. So for me, I just wanted to find a middle ground. So my goal now is to be efficient. Like whatever That's I have good. going on, I want to be efficient in it. So I do want to do... You know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, like all the gifts and talents that I have, I do want to employ them. Employ them, I do want to be working on them for sure. Uh, I do need time to rest. Rest is definitely important. And I know, like, sometimes even being idle can be important. Just having time while I'm just not doing nothing. Like, that gives me a chance to recharge. But whatever I'm doing, I'm constantly trying to find a way to do what I'm doing in a better way or in a quicker way. So I have more time to do things that I want to do. Like, more time just to chill with my wife or more time to do whatever I'm doing now skill-wise better or quicker or maybe I can teach somebody else but just to be busy all the time because when you're busy you make a lot of it's like mindless errors like you said like getting in the car without the keys or locking the keys in the car that wouldn't happen if I was present at what I'm doing but if I'm thinking about when I get out of the car I gotta go do this I gotta do that I forgot to call this person I need to text this person oh shoot where are my keys and now the car is like you like man so when you're busy you make easy but crucial errors that's why my main goal is to be efficient more so than busy. That's that's good, man. And I think the one of the key words there is just is balance. Yeah. Like like balancing it out, realizing that it's just like a good meal. A great meal takes time to prepare. You know, and a lot of times we excuse preparation. Um, and one of the things that I also have really um, been learning and growing in in the season is like, where do I hide? Like, where do I go to hide when I feel like I'm not enough? Or where do I go to hide when I'm I'm pulled in too many different directions, you know? Yeah. And that really always helps realign my identity with Christ. But it also helps realign my balance because we all go hide somewhere, you know? And, um, you know, God gives us the grace to do whatever he's called us to do. We just have to make sure we have that balance and like legit, just like you 
make time to be more efficient you got to make time to sit and you know like schedule time we have more technology than ever put an alarm on your clock that says for 15 minutes i'm not gonna talk look think or anything you know and then get back to it and and also too is when you're in the heat of something and something you're passionate about put a time limit on it too so you say look i got you know an hour and a half to write the you know outline of this sermon and after that i'm going to get up and go spend time with my wife or i'm going to go do something else that's productive and that also gives you that that way that hey there's more stuff that you're able to do and it'll allow you to do it well because you can be present so yeah, that's definitely a solid point like you said just being able to have that value system of like what is most important um and that's usually always like a sobering thing for me when i find myself like pushing my wife aside to do whatever else and i'm like yeah i'm not in covenant with my job i'm not in covenant with preaching i'm not in covenant with church like i'm in a covenant relationship with my wife and god like all three of us are now walking together so whenever i'm turning her down to do something that definitely wakes me up to be like wait a minute like i'm allowing things to kind of be off um and that's one of the things i try to focus on as a guide i kind of use the the fruits of the spirit that are like in galatians chapter 5 verses like 5 i mean 16 through 25 i believe yeah but yeah just kind of making sure like are those fruit is the fruit of the spirit because um, a lot of times people say it's fruits but it is just one fruit right uh, it's the fruit of the spirit found in my life and the only way to exhibit that fruit is like I have to have somebody else around to, to, to practice that with so am I being patient with her am I being gentle and kind to her and if I'm not that's usually the first thing that wakes me up like I'm getting away from walking in step with the spirit I'm spending less time with God I'm not listening to God and it's manifesting itself in my marriage the way that I'm treating my wife is usually for me a good barometer to how much am I spending time with God? How much am I paying attention to God? How much am I walking in love right now? Um, so that's usually my, 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 my main go-to, especially with self-control. That's probably the one I'm working on the most even now. If I walk with God and, you know, yield to the spirit, I'll even be able to control myself and my spending and my my speech, what I say and my decision-making, what I do and don't do, what I say no to, what I say yes to. Like Self-control is a key and a key fruit of the spirit as well. But usually how I'm spending, how I'm treating her usually lets me know, like, is the rest of my life in order? Am I paying attention? That's huge, man. I think that's that's huge growth and, and realize that that's huge. And I think so many people, too, is if you don't have boundaries, you got to learn how to put you got to learn how to put some in place. You have to have established boundaries in your life, whether you married, single or whatever, uh, because boundaries actually produce freedom. They really exactly, do. Exactly, bro. I couldn't say it better myself. People make boundaries a bad word, but boundaries are safeguards man like everything is better and appreciate it more with a boundary oh yeah 100 percent. if i know that within this the the fence in my backyard i can run around and be as free as possible you're free but if i say hey you can go explore the whole neighborhood you're gonna be like well i wonder what'll happen if i go over here or i wonder what'll happen if i go over there it's like no that's not freedom that's not freedom exactly and even then like beyond your boundaries like you were saying like so like with us specifically without boundaries our time gets spent it just gets taken it's just like you say you're doing a lot of things but none of it's done none of it's done well but even if to go with your field example like if we have a fenced in backyard i'm gonna appreciate this backyard because i know i'm safe here i can be at ease here yeah there might be some things on the other side of the fence that are quote unquote better but i know what's gonna happen here like i'm good here when you take away the the boundary of that fence it's somebody gives like a whole whole farm is like hey all this is yours you're not gonna get a chance to experience all of that anyways and you never like exclusiveness adds value 
So the fact that like, hey, I know I can only do this. I only have this much space. I'm gonna maximize this space. But if I know that I can go wherever and do whatever, and there's no boundary on it, then none of it is valuable because it's all just as good as the next thing. Like tomorrow, I'll be on something else. So it doesn't really matter. So I think it's crazy that boundaries has become a bad word, but literally within like the last month, I've been really just studying and trying to apply to my life that like boundaries are a good thing. Being able to live and establish my life within the boundaries that God has given me, like I can appreciate that. Like again, boundaries usually safeguard to get outside of the, the backyard fence. You probably are in the street now and you about to get hit by a car. You know what I'm saying? So I need boundaries. I function best with boundaries. Yeah. And the thing about boundaries too, is they keep you close to home. They keep you close to the core. They keep you close to the mission. They keep you close to protection. You know, a lot of people, they dismiss that, but you, you get too far away from your protection and your core and you got a long ways to come back. <laughs> Ain't about the streetlight being on. It, it, it's you get too far away from and outside of your boundaries. You, you are lost and lost is never a good thing. Thanks. Yeah, man, bro. This has been incredible talk, man. Incredible, man. I, I'm grateful for you. I've been, you know, praying for you and your marriage and, and your leadership and i'm i'm excited for all that god's gonna do through you seriously man like i i'm i'm grateful for you being in my life i really do mean that without a doubt man you know it goes both ways man i'm definitely praying for you and your wife pray for y'all often man glad that y'all again came to our church and joined our church didn't want to pressure y'all into that but now that y'all are there, man, to see to see y'all there as often well before the Rona, that is. <laughs> to see y'all out there, man, and get a chance to interact with y'all each week and see y'all like helping out our, our mission and vision uh, be achieved to, you know, make disciples that make disciples is definitely a great thing. But even before that, our friendship now, like I'm not even sure how long we've been friends, how many years it's been, but I know like you have always been a good, consistent friend for me and like you know, we used to back when we used to get the Chinese food together, bro, at lunch because yeah. it was cheap and we was both broke. So when you got a different job and you didn't work with the organization anymore and we still got up to eat, man. So you're definitely a brother I can count on. Somebody that not only is going to be in my corner, but somebody that's going to tell me the truth. I think a lot of times people appreciate people being in their corner because they know they're going to agree with them and justify all kind of maladaptive behavior. But I know if I'm off, you're going to let me know that I'm off. But I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you being there for me, bro. Absolutely, man. And the same thing here. And I, like I said, I'm so grateful, honestly, man, that that you because uh, it was funny because I think you were looking for a church home before I was. And I was in a church home. You was like, man, you have to come over here, check out a Sunday. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't care how much a Christian you are. You ain't, you don't never want to go to somebody else's church. <laughs> like people will never say, man, I'm a Christian. Like you want to come to my church? We're like, nah, I don't want to go to your church. But uh, man, I'm so thankful for it because even, even when you, you know, the invitation was there, I was in a really, really dark season, and this is a place I was heavily involved in. Yeah. And it, and there's nothing more challenging when you're in it and, and you know you need to be out of it and i i appreciate your your courage and saying hey man you need to come hey come check it out and i'm so thankful that uh because of your faithfulness and and what god called you to do because i remember the first time we went to vertical you were you know you were preaching and i'm thankful oh, yeah i'm actually yeah and, and i'm thankful because i remember uh the first your first i think it was your initial sermon was in durham and that was a while ago 
Yeah, you came to that too. My I, man. I, I always made an effort because I always people that I love and people that are instrumental in my life, I always want to be supportive for them. I don't care how far I have to drive. I remember you like, man, you sure you want to come? Bro, I'll be there. What time? That's true. <laughs> what time? Was on time? The boy was on time. <laughs> always, man. But no, nah, I, I appreciate that because honestly, man, that invitation that you gave for my wife and I to come to Vertical has been extremely influential in our lives and our understanding of the gospel because now we're in a gospel centered church and we're under sound leadership wow sound leadership and that's the thing man is i had the glitz and glamour but i didn't have the gospel true 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 that's a good point i never really thought about it on that level man but that, that's what it was like just coming to vertical and having you know pastor brooks just really illuminate the gospel me thinking that i knew it but now I get a chance to be re, uh, re-exposed to it accurately and thoroughly throughout the whole Bible. Just really like excited me again to be like, man, people need to know this. This is life changing. The gospel speaks to every aspect of our lives and really shows us what we're made for, what we're called to do, how we're called to have a relationship with God is through the gospel. No other way. So, of course, for anybody that I love, man, I'm definitely going to tell them, like, hey. Not necessarily like if you want to come to our church, you can. But if you don't, no pressure. But we definitely gonna revisit this gospel to make sure that you understand it. So now to see you at our church, like I said, partaking, serving, now in a discipleship group as well. And when the day comes, starting your own discipleship group, man, it's just it's exciting. I'm excited to see the people that I love impacted by the gospel and then growing and maturing in Christ. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is something I definitely have always prayed for. And you know, ministry is messy. And Christianity is a is a process. <laughs> oh, for sure. I tell people all the time, if you think it's easy, uh, you you in the wrong you in the wrong boat. But man, thank you so much. I like I said, anytime you want to join the Imperfect Church podcast, you're more than welcome. Uh, and man, I'm excited about the platform that you are developing. And I, I just want to encourage you as someone who uh, has a podcast now, man, just make it your own. Don't do it for the views, don't or listens or whatever else. Do it because you know that you have a message that people need to hear. For sure, bro. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your support. I know you said you would help me in any way that I needed it, man. But a lot of times I wasn't even sure if I was gonna do it. But you just always motivated me to do that, man. So I appreciate you praying for me and being a part of my life. Whatever platform that ends up being, wherever God decides to take me, I just want to do what He wants me to do. But having people like you to support me, man, is definitely important. Shout out to my wife, Adriana. She definitely supports me a lot as well. That's my teammate in life, and my life is so much better because she's in it. So, but people like you and her support me, man, and, and God loving me. There ain't nothing I can't do, bro. Absolutely, man. Well, Imperfect Church, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we love you. We're praying for you. Stay encouraged in this time. Do not allow this time to be a time of distraction and fear but a time of growth and development. Um, anything I can do for you, like I say, please let me know. Um, Imperfect Churches cover you in prayer. And who is it? Whether you do or you don't, you belong. So uh, you can find us on Apple as well as Spotify. Um, and if you need some inspiration or some foolishness, at Imperfect Church Podcast on Instagram. So Fred, thank you so much, man. I look forward. We got to do this again soon. For sure, man. I'm with it anytime. In perfect church, it's been good, man. Y'all be easy. All right. Hey, in the words of PB, God bless you. Goodbye.